Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Vernomatic Productions. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Metal Mayhem ROC with Vernomatic and Metal Walt. And I'm Kurt Kamet. Yes, sirree. Live from the Metal Mayhem Studios in Rochester, New York. We are gold. We are gold. And heard around the world by metalheads just like you. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Heavy metal music. Your weekly dose of metal music, interviews, album reviews, news, and more. Want to be part of the show? Send us a message through our website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Or hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Search Metal Mayhem ROC. A proud member of the Pantheon podcast team. It's getting nice and heavy. Now, welcome our hosts. John the Vernomatic Verno, and direct from New Jersey, Metal Walt. Good evening, everybody. As always, new content drops every Thursday night. We hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. I certainly did. Well, we're back to the grind, and we have a fantastic show for you tonight. We are honored, privileged, and excited to welcome Kirk Hammett to the show. Uh, as you may recall, this summer, Metallica's groundbreaking Kill 'Em All album turned 40, and that album was recorded right here in my hometown of Rochester, New York. Well, over the course of the last several years, I have interviewed people that were involved locally with that album. Tonight, we have that whole gang back together. We have Andrew Robleski. Andrew was a second chair engineer on the recording of that album. Andrew's here to talk about how his involvement in the making of Kill 'Em All was chronicled, his friendship with Kirk and the band, and just other cool stories in and out of the studio with the guys from Metallica. We also have local metal DJ legend Rob the Warhead Thomas. Now, Rob became Metallica's chauffeur, confidant, big brother, food provider, basically Rob was Metallica's best friend, and he has tons of stories. I have a few run-ins with Metallica throughout the years, and we even have uh, our co-host, Metal Walt, down in New Jersey. He's joining us, and he's going to share some stories about New Jersey and more recent run-ins with Metallica. So that's what we have tonight, and I have to emphasize, if you're new to the show, again, we're up here in Rochester, New York. In this episode tonight, you're going to hear a lot about Rochester, New York. You're going to hear a lot about the Lakeshore Record Exchange, which was the metal outlet for uh, import, new wave of British heavy metal music, and all that killer metal music. We have the great, great House of Guitars, all the stars have been there. We had the Penny Arcade, which was our local heavy metal venue. All of this stuff made for the perfect storm. 
Even though we're a B market, we are an A market when it comes to metal. It's It just goes on and on and on. I also want to quickly just reiterate that we have several versions of this interview. You're listening to the podcast version that contains content that isn't included in the YouTube version on our Metal Mayhem ROC YouTube channel. That video has well over 40 photos never seen before from the studio of the making of the album from around town in Rochester. So each version offers content that the other one doesn't. So let's get into this. Thank you for joining us. So here we go. Kirk Hammett, Metallica. Enjoy. Well, tonight we're taking the ultimate walk down heavy metal memory lane. We have from Honolulu, Hawaii, Kirk Hammond himself. Kirk, welcome to Metal Mayhem ROC. Hello, everyone. It's really, really uh, an honor to be here today, uh, Mr. Vernomatic. Well, you know what? It's been 40 years. Quickly, I want to introduce you to my uh, metal brother. He helps me run this Metal Mayhem ship, Metal Walt from New Jersey. Hey, Metal Walt. Kirk, it's a pleasure. As you can see, I've been stuck in MetLife Stadium since August yeah. 6th, two yes. and a half months, and I can't find my way home. Yeah, I can see. I, you, I, you, I can see our towers right in the background. <laughs> I'm going to be doing some virtual photo booking. I've taken out the photo books from 40 years ago, and it's going to be done virtual style, and I'll see you back towards the end of the show. Great. All right. Well, like I said, we have tons of guests here tonight. They brought all their pictures from their own personal catalog, and we're going to get going right away. But first, Kirk and I had a run-in in 1986 when I had a chance to interview them for the first time when they came here opening for Ozzy. We did an interview in the lobby of the Rochester Plaza, me and my co-host, the early version of Metal Mayhem, Cheech Carbone, and... We did an interview with Kirk and Lars. Kirk, I'm sure you don't remember this, but I do have one photo from that. Walt, can you bring up this picture? There we go. (laughs) So there's a young Vertomatic with all my hair with those nice uh, 1986 tinted goggles. And, you know, if you're looking at this, you know, Kirk's not 6'4". I think he was I think he was goofing and standing on the chair or something in the lobby. But we, we were able to take this picture. We did the interview. And at the time, you know, I was an 18-year-old broadcast student. Kirk was 20, 21, maybe. And yeah. we, we did the interview, Kirk. And you asked me, listen, uh, do you have a car? I go, yeah, I got a car. We got in my car, me and my uh, partner Cheech Carbone and we drove to Nikki's News right next door to the House of Guitars. Now Nikki's News was a comic book store, and I'm not sure if you made friends with the owner when you're here for the recording of Kill 'Em All, but you went in there and you, you were in your all your glory. You're talking shop with the owner, and I think at the time he was actually maybe mail ordering you product, but you had a great time. We went over to the House of Guitars and Cliff and James were doing a little walking around, you know, shooting the shit. We stayed there a while. Then we brought you back to the Rochester War Memorial, dropped you off at the backstage door. We slapped each other up. And here we are 40 years later meeting up again. And I will tell you one thing, Kirk, 
I have not missed a tour. I've seen the you guys all along the line. So that's my first brush with uh, Metallica. You know, it, it, it's weird. I have a very, very vague memory of that. Very, very vague, but I do have a memory of that. Let's get this going. Our first guest at the time, he was a 21-year-old sound engineer student from Eastman School of Music. He had to get an internship, they told him. So he walked across the street, walked into Music America Studios, where the band recorded Kill Em All. They hired him on the spot. And his first project was to work on this band from California called Metal Licka or something, the guy said to him. And it turned out to be Metallica, and the project ended up being Kill Em All. Let's get Andrew Robleski in on here. Andrew. Hey, Andrew. It's been Asia. Wow. Long time no see. A couple of years have gone by, but um, all been good, my man. Wow. Do you remember that time we went to that one nightclub and uh, we all got really, really drunk and I ended up uh, fighting the whole band that was playing that night? <laughs> you remember that? I I I I kind of do. I I might have had a couple of adult beverages though to uh, yeah, impair yeah. my memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was me against uh, the cover band, basically. <laughs> there was also a night where uh, when Johnny Z and Marsha had come up from Jersey, and uh, Johnny Z gave me fifty dollars because I told him that there was a bar uh, outside of Rochester that had twenty five cent beers, so he gave me fifty bucks and he said. Why don't you guys go have some fun? <laughs> so <laughs> I remember that too. What was it? What was it like Rolling Rock or something? It was like 25 cents a beer or something crazy like that. Where we just, that, for us, it was like the best thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. It was like, you know, Johnny was awesome. He was like, here, go, you, here's 50 bucks. I was like, all right. <laughs> it was a good time. Really good time. So, you know, uh, uh, I mean, it's so great to see you again. And then, so I brought along some pictures that I had taken during the recording of Kill 'Em All uh, that you—I know you haven't seen. I, I gave them all to Mark, manager Mark, and they—they're also I donated the originals to the Hall of Fame in oh, Cleveland. Wow, wow that's just a couple of years ago. Nobody had seen it before then. I had kept them at home to myself. It was like my little thing. But this first picture, I think you get a big kick out of. Uh, this was taken. <laughs> <laughs> this was taken. Right before we recorded Anesthesia Pulling Teeth, when I said, bass solo, take one. Cliffy did that in one take. And if I remember right, partially through uh, that song, I think James took Lars and shoved him into the studio and said, get behind the drums and start playing. Do you remember that? Yeah. 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 I remember uh, right before this, that picture was taken. Because remember, Cliff did uh, uh, did the bass solo upstairs. Remember in that room, there was a big yeah. empty room upstairs, and he did the ba- he, uh, his his, his uh, two cabinets were up there, and I was just standing there, and he was getting ready to play, and he said to me, "Get the fuck out of my face, man! I don't want you to be in here. I just want I don't want to be distracted." I was just like, "Okay, no problem." And I cut the hell out of there. <laughs> of course, you know. He also had like a couple beers and he had a joint and he was, he was getting ready. That was how Cliff got ready. A couple beers and a split. <laughs> yeah. But I remember right afterwards, I, I came down into the control room and 
listening to him record that. And I think that might might have been when that picture was taken. Yep. You're exactly right. Yep. Now the yeah, next and, pic- and interesting note, that T shirt I wore, I got from a deaf deaf leopard concert. <laughs> I was we were just gonna ask you, you know, that was like pyromania time. Exactly. The Def Leppard's uh, uh, merchandise things was to sell the Union Jack shirt. And so of course, you know, we're all Def Leppard fans. Wow, look at that. That's just amazing. I've never seen these pictures before. Yeah, this is the room that you were just referring to. It was the ballroom above the studio. And I don't remember if it was you and I talking or Lars and I talking but uh, I had said something. I said, hey, you guys, just, you know, like, what is the greatest, like, hard rock album of all time? And somebody said Led Zeppelin won. And I said, exactly. And I said, you know, and I told the story of how Zeppelin recorded that album where they rented this uh, country manor and they set up all their gear at the bottom in the foyer of this big mansion that had these double stairs. And I just set up their stuff and they played and it was raw. And somebody said, well, we should do that here. So we, we didn't even, the studio did not own this property. We went up there, got in the door and set you guys up there. And then that picture of Lars, that's where, if you remember, he was seeing the ghosts. Yeah. It yeah. was all haunted. Yeah. The, the, uh, the upstairs or the whole building was supposedly, supposedly haunted. Well, yeah. The whole yeah. building, if Lars was in the bathroom. Uh, you know, at that time I went by Andy and he kept saying, Hey, you guys, why is Andy walking by the, the, uh, room all the time? And Chris, the other engineer said, no, he's sitting here right next to me. And so then after that, I had to go sit with Lars cause we put his, his drums in the bathroom. We yeah. took out all the walls and stuff and put them in the bathroom. And I went up there and I used to sit with them and stuff cause it was really a spooky place. I remember you, you guys put the toms in the bathroom to try to get a bigger sound for the, the drum fills that hit the lights, but it just didn't happen. <laughs> I remember it just was not happening. <laughs> try as we might. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, Cliff was a lot of fun. You know, he, he called me Andy man and, and he would come into the studio and he would always say, Ray John, Andy man, you know, like he always used to. But yeah. uh, we had some fun. You guys were goofing around. Yeah. And that, um, well, let's see those other couple of pictures we've got here of, of Kirk. There we go. What? More t-shirts, oh. right? Wow. This is amazing. I have, I have not seen these pictures. It's so no. long. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is hardly anybody's seen them. Yeah. And I wish I had that Blizzard of Oz t-shirt because that Blizzard of Oz t-shirt is collectible now. <laughs> um. Probably bought it, yeah. Uh, because you know, uh, 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 I saw Ozzy, you know, I saw Ozzy, Ozzy's bed at least two times before, before Kill 'Em All came out. And I was a big, big Ozzy fan, a big Randy Rhodes fan, obviously, and a big Sex Pistols fan, as you can see <laughs> from that shirt, the other shirt, "God Save the Queen." But you know what's interesting is just uh, looking at. At my, at my flying V guitar and seeing how new it still looked back then. I mean, back then it was only four years old. That guitar now is is like you know going up almost fifty years old now, <laughs> and it's interesting to see how 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 shiny and unscuffed up it is. 
really interesting. You know, Kirk, this summer, Andrew found in his personal belongings an outtake cassette of you just jamming for about half an hour. You're you're working on the inner part of um, Four Horsemen, and there's banter between you and James going back. And, you know, I edited it down and, and I could provide you all this. But the interesting thing was we ran a contest. There was a one minute clip we had where you played a mystery tape that ended up being MSG armed and ready. And we ran a contest. And if anyone could figure out the mystery riff, we would send them some Metal Mayhem ROC shirts. And um, I think Andrew actually donated some guitar picks that um, Dan Braun donated from the uh, Zazula show last fall and some goodies. And the guys that won it were from uh, France and they have a kick-ass Metallica kill them all podcast. So oh, wow. yeah, it was great. So we, be, we made all these friends with the guys in France and uh, all surrounding the kill them all. But that was an interesting riff. And uh, I, uh, that's really, that's really, really interesting to me because I'd love to hear that. And it makes total sense because, you know, uh, uh, Armed and Ready came out in 1980, and that was 1983, so I would have been playing that a lot on my guitar still. <laughs> I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear that. That's amazing, actually. <laughs> Yeah, you were sitting in the um the guitar isolation booth and we just happened to just run a mic in there and I just started running the tapes and never really knew I had it. And I after this last summer started digging through everything, I found this cassette and there it was. Wow. Like, like never heard it before. Uh yeah. It, oh yeah. So Mark's got that and you know, John will get you a copy of that as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to, to get a copy of that. Uh, one quick story, uh, Kirk. Uh, you know, going into my car in the alley and listening to the tapes, there was one night where you and I were sitting in there and we were listening to an old radio program called the King Biscuit Flower Hour. Yeah. You remember? Yeah. No. Yeah. And we were yeah. listening to a priest episode where a priest was talking about them being on tour and their van had broken down on the English countryside and they took refuge inside a convent. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> I'm not gonna rest, but we had a good time listening to that, having a couple of beers. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um I also remember uh, uh the uh, we we would uh would eat a lot of pizza back then. Yeah, uh there is a place Right down the street from Gary Zefting's house. Do you remember Gary Zefting? Yes. You stayed in he Gary's was, house. He, he, yeah. He was the session musician at Music America. And yep. poor guy lent us his house to stay yes. in. And we trashed it. Man, we trashed that house. I felt so bad leaving it, you know, because it's just like we're four, four, there were six of us, right? Four band members, two crew guys. 
and we're guys. And, you know, we're guys in our early 20s. Guys in their early 20s have bad hygiene and they just don't <laughs> clean up after uh, after themselves or each other. <laughs> so after three weeks in Gary Zefting's house, it was trashed. And to this day, I'm like, yikes. And we were doing drunken things in that place, too. Like, you know, going to the bathroom and, like, miss the toilet, you know, because we are so drunk. <laughs> oh, man. Well, so, you're like 21, you know, you're on the other side of the country. You're having the time of your life, you know. Well, you know, we were just like, well, when we were in the studio or we weren't waking up, we were drinking beer. <laughs> That's how it was, <laughs> you know, back then. But yeah, Gary Zefting's house uh, right down down the street or a few blocks away was a place called Pizza Peddler. Do you remember that? And they, they we would get their, their, their geek pan pizzas. And their sheet pan pizzas had, you know, it was like a big, like, you know, sheet man. And there would be like, you know, 20, 30 slices. And that would be, we, we were in heaven every time we got one of those because it was enough food for us, you know, and also leading into the next day, wake up. Hey, is there any of that pizza left? <laughs> we lived by Pizza Peddler. I think we even thanked Pizza Peddler on Kill em All. <laughs> well, unfortunately, Pizza Peddler isn't there anymore, but... Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, expect it to be. <laughs> the memory remains, if you will. Yeah. Oh, and another funny thing is, Gary. Gary had a bike there, right? And we would take turns pedaling to the pizza peddler <laughs> to get the pizza, <laughs> which was always interesting. Karen trying to carry a pizza on a bike <laughs> makes me want to have pizza. Well, you know what. We're going to send Andrew over into the green room. You check out the buffet, Andrew, and we're going to bring in our next guest. Andrew will be back at the end to say goodbye. So, yeah, Andrew, next next Metallica show, you got to come by. Say hello to everyone. I definitely will. I'll promise you I will. Thanks. I to give you a big hug, man. For sure. Yeah. All right. You got it. Thanks, man. All right. And, you know, Kirk, to expand a little more on that pizza peddler, uh, doing research for this production, we did our damnedest to get some either a picture of the pizza peddler or track down the owner or someone that worked there to get their input. Maybe if they remembered you guys coming there. But, you know, 40 years, it tends to, as you can attest to, sort of make the memory a little foggy. Listen, we're going to take a quick short break. But when we come back, we're going to jump up into the next guest as Rob the Warhead Thomas is waiting in the green room. And if you're new to the show and you like what you hear, do us a favor. Subscribe to the pod. Get up to MetalMayhemROC.com and join our community and receive our weekly and sometimes bi-weekly newsletters giving you information on all Metal Mayhem ROC content. So stick with us as the Metallica Kill em All reunion show continues. We'll be right back. Metal Mayhem ROC. I'm Metalhead. Metal Mayhem ROC is the home for metal from the very beginnings. This is James Bear from Hellstar. You're listening to Burnomatic. Dave Overkill from the 
Cleveland band, Destructor. Hey, Dave, how are you? I'm doing great. It's a long-time headliner. Hey, this is Red Beach from Whitesnake. Hey, this is Vinny Apathy from Dio, Black Sabbath, and Last in Line. To music of today. Hi, this is Olaf Wickstrand from Enforcer. Hi, this is Braun from Mastodon. You're listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. With John the Vernomatic Burner. Plus, we talk with producers and authors to give you behind-the-scenes info. Hi, this is William Irwin, author of The Meaning of Metallica, Ride the Lyrics. Greg Renoff, the author of the book Van Halen Rising and the uh, Ted Templeman book A Platinum Producer's Life in Music. Pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Metal Mayhem ROC. A proud member of the Pantheon podcast team. Giving you more to listen for. Join our community and always remember to keep it heavy. Hey Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well... I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, uh, oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business, and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. It's 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know, before we bring in our next guest, I got a quick story. Uh, I was a couple years younger, and I remember a friend of mine, his father owned a taco restaurant right near the studio. It was called The Broken Shell. And one day he came down to the park and I'll see all of us young, you know, burnout metalheads. There he comes down. And he's like, "Listen, I just met some band from California. They're recording some album." And this little guy, the drummer, said, "We're going to be huge. You know, look out for us." And it turned out to be Metallica. And about a week later, we got our hands on the No Life to Leather cassette that finally made it over to the East Coast. And who knew at the time that? It was going on right down the street, five minutes from where I'm sitting. So that, that was a, my little introduction to Metallica. But the real king of the hill is our next guest. It's Rob Thomas, and he's your old buddy. He goes by the name The Warhead. He's a Rochester metal DJ legend. Fitz, let's bring Rob into the uh, into the show, please. He's sleeping oh. again. Warhead. Oh, oh. Warhead. Oh, oh my Goodness, I'm so sorry. I was uh, Taylor <laughs> Swift. I'm uh, one of the not so Swifties. <laughs> What's up, bro? Amazing to see you, Bob. Because that's where we got you. Got you, Bob. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't know any better. I was doing too much drinking and eating pizza at the peddler. Yeah. Okay. Great to see you. Okay. Okay. Great to see you. Man, we had some great times with the, with our friend here. I just want to say, um, you were very <laughs> instrumental in just helping us make it through those three weeks. You know, you brought us food, you brought us booze, and you brought us companionship and laughs and you know, entertainment, <laughs> wow. which is what we needed because oh yeah, there was six of us, right? There's like the four of us, Mark Whitaker and uh, maybe uh, Dave Mars or something. I can't remember. Uh, and we didn't know anyone in Rochester. We didn't know anyone. We didn't even know anyone in the studio. And 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 you befriended us, you and Jim Ferraro. And it, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was the greatest thing because you guys were so great to us when we really needed support, you know, because... We were like literally like babes in the woods. We were just like left out, you know, to just like fend for ourselves. And like I said earlier, we were just in our early twenties. We can barely fend for ourselves. <laughs> so man, I was just so thankful for for how much help and how helpful you were back then. And yep, that looks about right. <laughs> All those pictures. Um. Yeah, that's uh. That uh, on the right here, um, that's in Portman Street, which was uh, Gary's house. Yep. 
Yeah. I'm not sure what's in the bag, but probably not Kool-Aid. Probably yeah. not Kool-Aid. Yeah. And then the other one is you and Lars came over to my parents' house. We're looking through my records. I can see a Lucifer's friend record down there on the bottom, yeah. Derringer. Yeah. You know, so we used to, uh, we obviously had the music thing going, which was awesome. Yeah. 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 I was really impressed that you had Lucifer's friend. I remember that. I was just like, oh, I, this guy knows his music. Definitely. I started off real early. My sister was six years older than me, and her boyfriend was five years older than her. He was this hippie guy, and he was into 10 years after and free and, you know, all these Captain Beyond and all this stuff. And I was just like, that's where I'm going, yeah. you know, the heck with the Partridge family. So, yeah, yeah I had been into it for quite a while. And when you guys dropped for me, you were my favorite band because Jim had got a hold of No Life Till Leather. And that was it. I remember the guy's house we were at yep. when he dropped that tape, and it was like, that's it. We got the new Kings, you yeah. know. So and when I heard you guys were in town, I got a call from Ron at Lakeshore. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember it very well. I was yeah, Ron, living with he my had parents. A store. He had a record store. Yeah, yeah, Lakeshore oh. Record Exchange. I remember. He calls me up. I was frying up some some wings in this little fryer. Yes. And he says, hey, Bob, he says, I got Metallica in the store. And I remember saying, it's out? And he says, Bob, I got Metallica. And I took the wings, put them up on their little, you know, the little latch on top. And that was it. I came down, met you guys. And it's just like, you know, every minute I had, I was just, you know, hanging out for the for the duration. Uh-huh. It's amazing. Yeah, I remember. I remember Lakeshore, and I remember Ron. That was, that was his name, right? Ron. Yeah, yeah. yeah there he is, there on the yeah, on remember, the left here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember. Bro, do you remember that time? We're going down the freeway. We're going like about sixty miles per hour. We're all drunk, all <laughs> laughing, and then you decided to like open up the driver's side of the door while you were driving. And while you were driving, you just <laughs> you, you started climbing out of the car while we were going like literally like sixty miles per hour down the freeway. <laughs> Seriously, he, Bob had the had one <laughs> one hand on the steering wheel, and the other other part of him was really like hanging out the door. <laughs> and of course, we were laughing and loving it, you know, because we were all drunk and dumb, and so like, oh, great, but you know. Probably not the wisest thing to do, but we loved it. <laughs> and, you know, it showed to us that you were just a, a, just just as good at, just a, 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 at pushing the boundaries as we were. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we got along days great. After I mean, that, I remember in your <laughs> car, because you drove us everywhere. And, yeah. you know, we were drinking, we were drunk in your car, and you were driving. <laughs> you were driving like crazy. We were all inside <laughs> laughing. And then... We heard, remember police siren? And we're like, we all I was wondering that I was going to, I remember that one. Wow. That That was was crazy. That (laughs) was brilliant because you instantly pulled over, got out of the car, ran up to the cop and said, officer, something's wrong with my steering wheel. And that's, that's why I was doing this. And we were like watching in shock because he totally, he totally bought the whole story. And we we're in disbelief because yeah. you totally just like pulled it off and, and like basically uh, saved all of us from from uh, being arrested for being drunk in public. Basically, <laughs> I, and I remember, I remember that you know I swerved 
at this vehicle, not knowing <laughs> what it was. That's what. And that's I caught right. it, it was immediately. a car. You swerved at the cop because we yeah. really see the head. I swerved right at him in his, in his lane. Then he hits the lights. And I saw what was going on. I remember this very well. We, we were drinking Moosehead beer. Yeah. Yeah. And we had a six pack. And I'm like, I, I the car was nothing but hair. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm like, oh, no, this is not good. Take the beer. Look, I, whoever was sitting in the passenger side back, they put the beer back there. Look. And I got out of the. Uh, the car, and I was looking at the front end of the car by the time he pulled up. That's it. So, and I'm looking underneath like the wheel. Mm. And then I went up to him, officer, I'm so sorry. I don't know why. <laughs> and I remember he asked me where I lived. He asked me where I worked and just, okay, take care of it. I could not believe that it was just, I thought we were doomed. <laughs> oh, I'll never forget that because you, you, like I said, you, you saved all, all of us from being or getting arrested for being drunk, to, you know. <laughs> disorderly <laughs> yeah no doubt do you remember the time where we were you were probably there we were in the pizza peddler and we were chowing on whatever pizza wings and do you remember when cliff came in with the idea for kill them all i remember i was sitting there i'm not sure if you were there cliff came no, in I, I, I do remember i do remember because 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 we were pissed off because of some like uh uh we couldn't call the album Metal Up Your Ass because Johnny Z was concerned that places like Kmart wouldn't be wouldn't want to carry carry it. And Cliff was so pissed off about that. He was pissed. And yeah. You take it from here, bro. This is this is Well, I remember he came in, we were sitting in a booth, and he came in and he, you know, he had the the Levi jacket on, you know, the bell bottoms. I don't know where he was, but he wasn't eating with us, but he was brainstorming. And I remember it just clicked for all you guys. You're like, that's it. That's it. He talked about the mallet and the, Bro. you know, the blood all over. I was hoping maybe I could throw out an idea, you know, but mine were lame and I'm sure you guys wanted to keep it, you know, within you guys. But, but I remember being there and it was like, that's it. Everyone was like, yeah. that's it. Let's do it. I Let's remember. toast the weed. <laughs> yeah, I remember the dialogue because it, it was we were just really just like angry and frustrated that we couldn't call the album Metal Piraz and that, you know, uh, that uh, certain retailers would not carry the album if it, it was titled that. And in, in, in total anger and uh, uh, frustration, uh, Cliff said, yeah, it was just kill them all. Just kill them all. <laughs> that's where it stopped. That's just to say, we're like, okay, that's it. Yeah, that looks about right. That looks- yeah, there you go. Right. Lars is sporting the uh, the forty ounces there, whatever the malt bull, the Schlitz malt bull. <laughs> yeah, we used to drink that because it was cheap, cheap and high. Yeah, yeah. On tech. I remember uh, a frequent refrain was uh, the well is dry. Yeah. Johnny Johnny Z would be the well is dry, you yep. know. So I was working as a punch press operator, uh-huh. making five bucks an hour, and I'd get, you know, I'd go to this place called Apples that was around where they'd have corn flakes, you know, black and white, and get corn flakes, and uh-huh. you know, just get some vodka, some ground beef, some taco mix, uh-huh. and we just hang out, you know, yep. just uh, yep. uh-huh. you know, listen listening to. I don't know how well this would would show. But listening to this little gem, which is written by a guy, uh, handwriting you probably recognize. I think his name is Lars. Uh, uh, and we got the 
We've got the Armored Saint demo. Okay. Uh, Venom, Bursting Out, Jaguar, Dirty Tricks. This was the actual tape. We jammed this and other things, you know, cruising around in the car. Yep. I remember, uh, I wasn't sure your reaction, but I remember back in those days, you were really interested to hear Peace of Mind. Oh, yeah. My, I remember my that. Was, that was one you were really looking forward to. <laughs> you know, we were jamming Dio. Yeah. I remember going up to uh, a, a store called Wegmans. And James and I were listening to Don't Talk to Strangers oh, and just trashing, trashing shopping carts, you know, while we're listening to that. I, of course, what else would you do there? I remember I remember when we finally got a copy of Peace of Mind uh, and for like a, uh, like, like, like a week, that's all we listened to at Gary's house. Remember? Yeah. I, yeah, yeah. All we listened to was Peace of Mind. You know, Iron Maiden's album, Peace of Mind, for all you people out there who don't know what the heck we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and do you remember that time we're all down in the kitchen and Cliff was smoking a joint and you know we he passed it around to everyone we all took a little bit including James and then James passed out on the on the uh, on the kitchen floor and we couldn't get him to move into the bedroom do you remember that I, I, yeah, I, I actually have, I have that. I have that documented. Yeah, because uh, yeah. I've got I've got this this tub here of this uh, of pictures uh-huh. that I was snapping pictures like. So I have like a three parter of James that I call. It was it was then it was yeah. going going gone. Yeah, where yeah. he's on the rug. Yeah. we piled chairs on top yeah, of exactly. Them. <laughs> we piled chairs on top of them, and then later later on, remember. He woke up the next day and he had like this mark on his on his face. I said, "What happened, man?" He goes, "Oh, I was using one of the armchairs as a pillow." I was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. That was uh, if somebody dared to bite the dust there. That was the treatment. They got the chairs. Yeah. That was like yeah. what we yeah. did. Yeah. You know? yeah, And I remember one time with Lars. I've got pictures of that too. Um, yeah, he passed out there, piled the chairs and he was just in oblivion. And then I remember taking a a slice of tomato from a pizza peddler sub and putting it on his ear (laughs) and that revived him just enough to flash those red eyes and flip the bird. And then back he went, (laughs) not sure what happened to the slice. Yeah. But it was, it was, that was a thing we used to do a lot back then. Back then, whenever someone passed out, we, we piled chairs on top of them because, you know, they wake up and then try to, you know, sit up and <laughs> sit up and <laughs> pile on chairs. <laughs> Funniest thing. Oh my God. We would just wait, wait for that person to like, you know, wake up. And it, it was always hilarious. Yeah. Okay, so Bob, I asked Andrew, maybe we'll, do you remember that time we went to the riverboat and I fought the cover band? I personally kind of fight. With yeah, I, I think that I think that was the playpen. Maybe that, that was, was that was just that was Artstock's playpen North. Yeah, and and it started off. You were criticizing something about it. Was it you were messing with the board a little bit? You were, you know, you know, you know <laughs> I. I I drank Uzo that night, and literally, I've not drank Uzo since then. I stay away from Uzo, you know, the Greek, Greek uh, 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 liqueur. The Uzo made me crazy that night because, like, she made you, you know, crazy. I, that's that's what I claim too. Because all it's I, the Uzo. all I can remember 
was uh, uh, scuffling with like two or three people at once. <laughs> and it's just, it was just me, you know? And they, and I remember getting thrown out of the club and making it to uh, someone's car. Maybe it was your car. And then, yeah, probably. And then I remember Cliff making it to the car and we we're talking. And then I opened up the, the, the car on the passenger side and started puking. And then he opened up the car on the driver's side, started puking. We were puking in stereo that night. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, that was, I, that was that night. Yeah. That was <laughs> crazy. I, I can't remember if it was like the little trolls, this little, this band that used to play out of, but it was, it was definitely, you know, the, there was a, a, a decent amount of people there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was, I was the driver there. We got out, you know, uh, I had to wait for you guys to finish up. <laughs> yeah. Didn't want that in my car, but yeah, that was, that was <laughs> a wild night. Yeah. You, <laughs> you were, you, you, you forgot to mention, uh, fearless as well as crazy because <laughs> you were ready to, you were ready to take on the whole bar. I yeah, mean, yeah, you know, man. you were, you were ready, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a good thing I don't drink anymore because. <laughs> We used to go there to the art stocks playpen. You know, I remember being there one time with, I think you guys had taken off and I had Lars and James with me. And I just remember there's this blonde sitting at the bar and I just went up, you know, just, just for a matter of fact, I was like, you know, this is my favorite band. I'm hanging out with Metallica, you know? So I said, these guys are in a metal band from California and they're going to be huge someday. And I forget what she said, but she gave me the look of like, yeah, okay, my father's the Pope, beat it. You know what I mean? And I often thought she never even knew, right, that she met you guys, that she was just sitting there and you guys would, you know, you guys are fairly popular. I think there's probably reached 100,000 albums sold career-wise, probably hit 100,000 so far. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, you know, close. Do you remember um, Putt-Putt? Golf and games, the the arcade we'd go to. Yes, I do. <laughs> putt putt. I do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember Lars was a big Burger Time fan. He loved the game Burger Time. You walk around and get the lettuce and the pickles yeah. all in order. And <laughs> Seaton's Hollow was another favorite with all of us. See, that's the one I couldn't remember. If I'm thinking, I, I remember it. It was like on a corner. And I remember you guys loved that game, and I couldn't remember. I knew it was Satan's. I couldn't remember. It's Satan's, Satan's Hollow. Hollow. You just <laughs> nailed it. Yeah, whenever there we would find that 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 video game, we would just flock to it and start pumping quarters and playing. We would get so competitive over it. And I think <laughs> while we're recording Injustice for All, there was a Satan's Hollow machine in the studio, and and we spent a lot of time around that machine. Whoa, look at that. Wow. Oh, there's Bill Pierce, my 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 very first guitar tech, even before John Marshall. That got- is um Lake Avenue in Rochester, and you are crossing it, walking into the Lakeshore Record Exchange. Yep, and there's your car right there. That was your car. Is that your car right there? No, that's that's not my car there. I'm not sure who's I had the uh I had the cougar. The blue and gold. The inside was all navy blue and gold. Okay, you know the trunk was gold. All that kind of okay. stuff. But yeah, it looks about my speed though. Yeah, <laughs> that that must be the Kill 'Em All Winnebago. The the Winnebago that uh, that uh, that we did the Kill 'Em All tour in, which had us, 
and Raven and both our crews in that Winnebago. This is like 12 people in that Winnebago from, from the East Coast to the West Coast. And man, at the end, it was just like not happening. <laughs> and it, was anybody up top there? Uh, that would be a, a Cliff and me. We, 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 we'd always try to get to that top spot, you know? Nice. Mm. Yeah. But, uh, pretty amazing, you know, to see these pictures and, and, and that uh, Winnebago died somewhere in between LA and San Francisco. I have to mention Jim Ferraro. Yes. What can you share about your relationship with Jim Ferraro? Cause he did make the credits on the back of the album. Yeah, you know the, well, the 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 funny thing about Jim Ferraro that 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 that, that we we used to always comment on was his hair. <laughs> he had perfect <laughs> hair, and I remember you said one time saying, "Hey, you got the blueprint for your hair," and we just thought that was like the funniest thing. We kept on repeating that. Hey, you got the blueprint for your hair. <laughs> but Jim was great too. Again, Jim, he was it was just like Bob, super supportive. You know. Helped us in the in, in the booze and food department, you know, and and in within and just offered great companionship, you know. Well, we we really needed it. We needed it. We needed people to hang out with, you know. It was really really a weird sort of time for us because it, for James, Cliff, and I, we hadn't hadn't done that much traveling at all. Of course, Lars, you know, he traveled all over the place, so. We were just like, we were so out of our element being in, in, in Rochester. And, you know, when, when, uh, when Bob and Jim showed up, you know, to Kindred Spirits, we, we just like, it took to you guys like brothers, you know, that oh, de- no. definitely it was a good time. And Bob, you got to come by so, uh, to so some of the shows and come backstage to say hello. We'd love to see you. Uh, yeah, no I doubt. Lars no doubt. I'd love to see you. You were the last person that I saw. It was a long time ago. You know, I did the family thing, working all the time, kids, wife, et cetera, and uh, single uh, single supporter of a you know a house, family, and stuff. So um, I stuck with metal, but traveling was a little a lot more difficult back then. But I remember it was Guns N' Roses and you guys at Rich Stadium, and we were at like the Hyatt, and my sister and brother in law at the time came along. We had seen Lars backstage for the Four Horsemen. They were playing a Def Jam group, right, that he knew. And so we were backstage, and he told me about this big stadium tour coming up, Guns N' Roses and you, right? So we ended up going just, you know, like always. We're going to have the passes, the tickets. We're just going to hang out, right, you know? And I saw you in the hall of the the hotel. And I was just like, hey, how's it going? You know, catch you later. Okay, we'll see you later. And so we go to the ticket booth, and there's nothing there. There was no, no passes, no tickets. I'm like, are you sure? Whatever. And so I'm looking around because I knew all your, I don't know. I me- You remember mom, of course, you, that woman you called mom, yeah. right? And there were some of the roadies that I couldn't tell you their names, but they knew me, right? So I'm like looking around. I'm going around the stadium. If I could just see one of these guys were in, and then I think it was like Creeping Death started playing. And it was like, that's it. It's over. So it was just, it was just, a, a, you know, it was an oversight. It was just like, it, you know, but you're the last person that I saw there. And it was like, all right, man, we'll catch you later. We were outside. And that we ended up going out and grabbing some good food. But, um, well, you know, so I would love, 
I'd love to do that again, man. It'd be awesome. It'd be what a yeah, trip. Yeah, yeah. We we need. Well, obviously, we need to make it up up to you. And so, well, that's not what it's about. It was just it was just crazy because my sister was kind of ticked off. But I mean, you know, it's like I'd seen you guys, and you know, looking forward to seeing you again. But no, I mean, you know, um, that was that was that was the last time that I that I saw any of you and it was you in that hallway. You know. So yeah, I'd love to love to do it again. Yeah, for you know, sure. I'm I'm more free now and uh it's cool that you remember the good old days. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's, uh, it's amazing that I do. I mean it really is amazing what I remember. Um because like my short term memory, I could I can't remember what I did yesterday. But you you know you but clearly I remember all, all, all this stuff that happened 40, 41, 42 years ago. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, it was awesome, brother. Awesome. It was good times, man. Well, you know, you mentioned these pictures. Rob has, you know, tons and tons. This is a perfect segue to get the rest of the guys together and do a part two. Because this guy will will talk all day, and you know what? It's fabulous. It's I've been uh, as a young metalhead. I listened to Rob doing the uh, Metallic Overdrive radio show. Inspired me to get into broadcasting, and here we are, forty years later, and we're very, very proud of the Rochester, the rich Rochester uh, metal uh, connection, and the Metallica kill them all. We uh, hang our hat on that, and rightfully so. You know, we kick ass. We kick here in the rock. Rob, thank you. My pleasure. It's great to be uh, able to pull it off. Uh, I wouldn't miss it. So it's it's been great, Kirk. Uh, you know, love you guys. The, the time we had was just unreal. I felt oh, like great. it was just like five, six brothers. You know what I mean? We just kind of tried to do everything together. Never had any strife, conflict. It was like, we're doing this. We're yep. going here. We're doing that. Everybody's thumbs up. And it was just, it was, it was a, a time for the ages for me, no doubt. It was very much a cool time. And, you know, it was a window of, t- of time where everyone was doing exactly what they, 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 they were meant to do, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. It's time to get a little Jersey. I mean, obviously Jersey has a big history with Metallica, with the Zazula family, John and I, through the the gracious uh, courtesy of Justin, were invited to the friends and family celebration at MetLife. And we got to talk to lots of the old guys. We got to see Ray Dill, Randy Patterson, Ricky Zazula. And there's just a part of us that holds that history there. Um, But what I really wanted to get at was some of the Jersey stuff you brought up. Um, At one of the shows, you were doing the bass solo, the little guitar bass solo, your doodle with Rob. And you mentioned that you actually surfed in Long Branch, New Jersey. So share a little bit about surfing in Jersey. Jersey is known for for its waves. And not that long ago, maybe last last spring, uh, 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 my friend who's a pro surfer sent me a picture. And it was Ocean Beach. No. Is there an Ocean Beach? There is an yes, Ocean Yes, there beach. is. That's right. Not Not far away from that spot. The waves were amazing, bro. And I showed Rob, and Rob said, "Let's go right now." And I said, "We can't. We have we were like in the in the middle of the country or something." But Jersey has amazing surf all over the place, bro. Amazing surf all over the place, you know. And so it's just one of those those spots, you know. You think about New Jersey, you don't think about surfing, you know. You think about other things, 
right? Yeah. You think about the boardwalk or whatever, you know? You don't really necessarily think about Jersey, but there's serious waves in Jersey, serious waves in the wintertime. Yeah. And so, you know, because it's in the wintertime, it's a little challenging because the water's cold as, as you know, cold as, uh, as, as y'all know. Yeah. And you need a need a wetsuit, but man, it is rocking, bro. Rocking, serious. So, Kirk, one thing you and I have common is one of my top five bands is Deep Purple, and I'm waiting for a chance to say something to the Metallica guys about Deep Purple because I know you and Lars are into it. Obviously, at uh, uh, you know, in Screaming Suicide, you do the Speed King solo in the middle. And even at MetLife, when you guys introduced You Must Burn, you did the burn doodle, and James kind of said, no, 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 not that burn, not that burn. But um, just curious, you guys ever screw around in sound checks, doing a deep purple set, maybe pull out Tommy Bolin version, getting tighter, something like that? Well, well I'd, you know, Lars and I, we love deep purple. Always, always, I've always loved deep purple. You know, Richie Blackmore is one of my favorite guitar players. Richie Blackmore is uh, absolutely Lars's absolutely favorite guitar player of all time, and you know, Purple. There, 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 there. When I was fifteen years old, and I heard Highway Star, I was just like, "Oh my god, this is mind blowing!" You know, just hearing that do 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 really spoke to me, obviously, <laughs> and 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 so. Uh, between Lars and I, we know a lot of purple material. And yes, occasionally we jam on, on purple stuff here and there. You know, um, it's purple. Deep purple is really hard to cover. I mean, it's e actually easier to cover like rainbow than it is uh, to cover deep purple. I mean, the guitar parts are always kind of difficult, but Ian Pace's drum parts, crazy. And then you have, the whole contention of John Lord's keyboards, you know, it, it, keyboards were such a heavy part of Deep Purple. I mean, if you cover Deep Purple, you got to have the keyboards. We don't have a keyboard player. And so it's always been a, a problem. But for a song like Soldier of Fortune, which is keyboard light and with that we have covered, you know, it was a great thing. And like for me, Playing, playing that, covering that song and playing that song was a huge, huge deal. And I was so into it, you know, and it, and it, it, it I, I wanted it to be so much not like ver uh, uh, Purple's version, just so that we can just show people that, yeah, you know, Purple's version is amazing, amazing. And this is what we're going to do with it. But yeah, I love that. I love, I love Burn. I love In Rock. I love Fireball. Um. Yeah, it's, it's like I love all that stuff. Next you know? time you come down to MetLife, I'm gonna invite myself to soundcheck, and I'm gonna sing "Getting Tighter" with you guys. Yeah, bro, we'll do it. Tommy Bolin, man, all about it. I all love. Right. I love Tommy Bolin's album "Teaser." Do you, do you know that album? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I love his playing with uh, Billy Cobham on Spectrum. Oh, that song is fucking awesome. Oh, I was just listening to it yesterday. I just, and I love it so much. You know, if there's ever a song that fucking I'd, I'd want to cover personally, it's Spectrum because it's just an amazing song. That is a great song. Yeah. John, you had a point. 
Yeah, well, first, uh, Kirk, on the ride home from the show, he's he's like, they played, they played Burn. It was, you know, we were right there, and it, it was awesome. But about a month ago, we did an exclusive interview with Brittany Chapman, the daughter of the late, great Paul Chapman. She shared a story of when you met Paul down in Florida. This may have been magnetic to her or something. And there's, she told the story and it was really cool that you were so excited to meet Paul. You're like, oh my God, I love you. So, you know, you're great. And he introduced Brittany to you and you extend your hands like your dad is the best. And there's she like shaking your hand saying you're the best. And you're like, no, 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 your dad's the best. What can you share to Brittany about her dad, Paul Chapman? Well, I mean, you know, I... I had never seen UFO with Michael Schenker. I'd never seen it. The very first time I'd, I'd seen UFO, who's my favorite band of all time, it was with Paul Chapman, you know? And so I showed up a little skeptical to that, that, that gig. Yeah, you know? But then I saw Paul play on stage and it blew me away. And then I just realized that it, it wasn't fair to, to, to compare Paul Chapman to Michael Schenker because they're two different players, completely different players. And, you know, I was so into Paul Chapman's day and I was just so into it to just everything that, that he did with UFO, but I ne- had never gotten a chance to meet him. I'd met everyone else in UFO, Michael, you know, and all, all the other, other guys. But for some reason, I never got a chance to meet Paul Chapman until that time we were in Florida. And I was so excited, you know, Can he- because I, I felt like I was finally closing that circle. Of, of, of meeting, you know, everyone who was instrumental in, in, in shaping, you know, UFO's sound and albums. And so, yeah, when I, I met him, I was just like, I was just so, so like, it's so, so stoked. Cause like, I can play a lot of his stuff. I play a lot of Paul Chapman's guitar mix. And it's not, not just Michael Schenker licks I play, you know. I play a lot of Paul Chapman licks too. And I guess, I guess this is probably the very first time I've ever copped to this. But yeah, I mean, especially on Kill em All, now that I think about it, there's like Paul Chapman licks all throughout Kill em All. And, um, I remember, I remember hanging out with him in Florida. And I said, well, what do you do nowadays? He goes, oh, you know, I play local bands and I, I give guitar lessons. And for a second, I thought, Maybe I should get a guitar listen. <laughs> you know, at the at the root of it, Kirk, we're all just fans. Oh, but I'm I'm the biggest fan in the world. And you know, and 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 I just just one other thing, you know, it's just like I I hope the Deep Purple uh 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 have a reunion with Richard Blackmore at least and do just one more tour. I pray for that because it would be so amazing. I hope so too. I hope so too. I got to get in this quick question from a listener. He look at me if I didn't, he just wanted to know when you did the song, don't tread on me from the black album. Was huh. there a Broadway influence of America riff from West side story in there? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, we had to, uh, 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 pay the, 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 the person, who was it? There's this, one of those, one of those Broadway uh, 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 personalities, we we had to uh, pay for the rights to that, as well as the as the the Wizard of Oz thing at the beginning of of uh, Freddie Ann's Saturday. And so, yeah. 
just want to remind the listeners to get up to the allwithinmyhands.com website, Metallica's charitable foundation. We had Stefan and uh, Renee on the show recently and Metal Mayhem at, in August, show our appreciation. We made a donation. So we would like to see anyone, if you're watching this, you know, send a few bucks, something, anything to help fellow man, um, fellow metalheads. It's it's really important, especially in this day and age to, like I said to Kirk, we're all just fans. Kirk's on the biggest stage in the world, but you could see after this last hour, he's a great guy. He's a down to earth guy. And let's just all stick together and, you know, help out the fellow man. You know, uh, I'll, I'll thank you for saying that. And I'll just add to that, that we're all in this together. We're all in this together. And to think that we're not, no, we're all in this together. So we got to help each other. That's right. And when it comes to metal, we are really all in this together. You know, it's just like, you know, just one more thing. You know, the eighties and nineties, there was always this thing, you know, between musicians and bands, you know, all this com- competition. But now, in this point, you know, in this day and age, there's no competition. We looking, we we look at each other, and we're like, we made it. <laughs> yeah. And I say, you know, we got to keep together. We got to stay together because we're all in this together, guys. You know, I say, I say this: uh, all all the bands I ever come in into contact with these days keep it together because we're all in this together we've got to fly the flag you know well the bands and the fans you saw pictures of me 30 years ago with my curls you saw rob and andrew his kids kirk his kids so i thank you for doing this this is like a trip down memory hill for me or memory lane memory hill (laughs) it's like it's like a hill <laughs> you're right when you hear you, you remember one thing and then you and rob my god but hey rob give me give me your digits bro i'm gonna make sure that you are freaking set up permanently okay you're talking institutionalized or the, the, uh, jacket, no. <laughs> the jacket with the long sleeves that ties in the back or what I've had many offers for that. Uh, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're going to be uh, uh, institutionalized in the halls of, of the Metallica crazy, crazy word. <laughs> and I'm just going to make sure that the, the management knows uh, to put you guys on on the permanent guest list so that whenever you guys call up for any anything that you need Metallica-wise, they know who the heck you guys are and, and you guys will have the you know, great passenger and whatnot. I have to say this, man. I'm glad you guys are still around, you know, because Paul Curcio, he's not around anymore. Oh, I know. No, no, it's crazy. Yeah. And so I'm just, you know, just really happy that, 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 uh, you guys are still around and, and, you know, still kicking. And if you see Jim Ferraro, tell him, you know, give him my best. Um, absolutely. He's in San Diego, (laughs) but I keep in touch with him. And have okay. a way to get a hold of him and whatever, you know. So he's been out there for a long time. Okay. Yeah. Please give him my best. Now, are and- you familiar with this Adam Dubin thing? I mean, you have to be, obviously, the, the yeah. documentary. What's the, what, Have you seen, like, because I was in there, um, Andrew was in there. Have you seen the the basis for what that's going to become at all yet or no? It's still a work in progress. I'm okay. Gonna see- I'm going to see Adam in about a week or so. I'll ask him and and uh, I'll get a progress report from him. Because I brought my pictures. He went through them. He, he ended up taking pictures of those that are going to be interspersed in there. 
and I don't know what he'll use, but I mean, I was telling some, you know, just reminiscing with the pictures and a little bit. Um, so I'll be in that, which was an honor, you know, but this, this is kind of like, that was tremendous. And that was, you know, big time and what have you, but just, just being able to get face to face here and, and talk to you after all these years was for me was, was a, was a true 10, bro. True 10. Yeah. Likewise, bro. Likewise. Yeah. It was awesome. Kirk It's really great yeah. to see you again. And, you know, Adam, when Adam was up here a couple of, of months ago, one of the things that I was talking to him about was uh, that the thing that I remember most about the whole Kill em All sessions was you. I have the most pictures of you because you were you always had your flying V in your hand. You were always practicing. You were always working <laughs> on things. You had this incredible work ethic, but also you're probably one of the nicest people in the world. Seriously, because you're... <laughs> You're a real authentic person. And uh, I know we had a lot of fun together. And, and uh, to just mirror what, you know, Rob just said, uh, it's a really a thrill to hear, to be here today talking to you and everything. Uh, mad props and much love, but Yeah, likewise. Much love to you guys, too. Really great. I hope to see you guys in person sometime soon. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Now, before I leave, I'm I'm not one of the nicest people in the world at all. I'm on, I'm towards I'm towards the bottom. I want to know did I get that floating wireless microphone like uh, like Andrew had here? I did I get the floating? No, I didn't get the floating wireless microphone. What's going on with that? Yeah, Rob, if you only knew the tech hurdles that came upon us at four fifteen, Kirk. Quickly, I sent out an email to Q Prime. 10 o'clock on a Tuesday night telling my, my vision of what we just did today. And Mark personally sent us back an email said, guys, this is fantastic. Let alone do this interview invited myself, Andrew and Rob to be part of the Dubin interview. And we did that in June and Rob, to answer your question, I spoke with, I, I speak with Adam on the regular and, um, he's just shooting film and he's going to hook up with Jim in San Diego. When you guys were Great. there. Yeah. So, but again, Kirk, thank you. And stay healthy, my friend. You look great. Yeah, likewise. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I had this ring light and I noticed that it, it doesn't make me look uh, as old as I actually am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're good. I'm just wondering how I can get a shirt like that, bro. That's pretty snappy, man. I, you know, this is Hawaii, bro. You can get that, buy this stuff on the corner for 20 bucks. <laughs> Dude, are you kidding me? Hawaii, I got an order at the peddler that's going to be a big sheet of pizza and wings. You got to get over here. <laughs> man, I wish if that place was still open, it would be. They had some good food. They had some real good food. And that was right there, kind of tucked in between the other Look. buildings. And you got back there and it was like, yeah, we did a lot yeah, of chow yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the last thing I remember, I think it was Lars. And it's funny, back to the chicken wings on that, on the, if you've seen the, it's old now, the kill them all 25 Look. years later, James it was, was Slagle. And James is talking about, he mentions chick, you know, that I took you guys out for chicken wings. That's one of the things he remember cruising around my car, Look. chicken wings. And I remember, I think it was Lars, but right from the get go, I'm, you know, we're going to get some food. So I'm like, well, you want to go? And I think it was Lars. I said, you want to go grab some wings? And he said, wings? I said, yeah, chicken wings. And he goes, you just eat the wings? So he had never heard of chicken wings until we came here. And then, you know, 25 years later, James rattling off going out for wings. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I think 
Awesome yeah, times, yeah, it was bro. Good times, man. There really was good times. Yep. And glad that you're still around and still doing it. I mean, you know, I really thought you guys were the best that I'd ever heard in in an already long, relatively long career of listening to music from a little eight year old kid, you know, to to 1983. And it's amazing that I thought, hey, like to the girl, these guys are going to be huge some days. But man, dude, did you ever have any idea that you'd become as huge stadiums, right? Two days, stadiums, and just it's unbelievable what you guys have done, uh, you know. Uh, it's just yeah, unreal. I mean, we ne- we had, didn't have any idea. I mean, you know, when we we're we we're making Kill 'Em All, I was I remember I was constantly saying to myself, "Well, if we sell about thirty thousand albums, that means we can do a club tour from coast to coast." And I was happy about that. <laughs> you know, but you know, when you're twenty years old and you're just starting out, you know, for me. It was all about just steps, you know, for all of us, it was just all about steps. And, and for me, that was kind of like, you know, the first step that I envisioned, but it actually turned out to be a lot more than that. I mean, right after Kill 'em All came out, we did the Kill 'em All for one tour over that summer. And then by September, October, we were on our way to Europe. And so it was already like bigger than I expected because we were going to Europe, you know, and that was a big, big deal. Especially for Lars, him being European. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. We had no idea, man. We had no idea. I thought, you know, I I was just going to be like, you know, playing that, 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 that flanky guitar and wearing that denim jacket for, or leather, black leather jacket for the rest of my life and being happy doing that, you know? (laughs) Kirk, a piece of uh, trivia from Kill 'em All is that the, the cover that, you know, Robin was talking about with, cliff and that with the anvil and then you guys had that that shot on the back that was my friend gary Hurd who who did all that photography and gary was a, a, got to be a pretty big time photographer but he hung his hat on that photo on the back of the album because so many people throughout the years in the photography world were talking about that it was there was a very raw photo and i thought that the album was really raw too you know and, and how it went kind of hand in hand. But, you know, a lot of people don't talk about that photo, but I, I thought it was a significant part of stuff. It's obviously a Cliff's idea of the anvil as well, though. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I remember seeing the photo for the first time and all of this is going great. And then Ebenezer going, oh, my God, I hope that, you know, I hope they don't think it's too violent. We're like, what are you talking about, too violent? It's not too violent. But <laughs> I'm the pilot. but then again you know the title is kill them all so (laughs) yeah good time all right guys i gotta go i have a i got got a baby i have to tend to and so um all right brother great seeing you man love you guys give my best to large i never met robert but he sounds like a good guy robert how can you go wrong Oh, yeah. Um, exactly. <laughs> but give my best to those guys. Looking forward to seeing you all. That'll be a trip, man. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna send the, uh, these the names and numbers to management so that so that you guys are in the database. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Look look forward to seeing you guys. Yeah. So that so what happened to you during that Guns N' Roses Metallica tour will never happen again, Bob. Well, it was you know it was it was kind of tripped out, but it wasn't like I mean it was just a mistake. 
Yeah, you know, it happens. That shit happens. It even happens to me sometimes when I go to other people's shows. I go out there like, <laughs> no fucking tickets. Well, okay, fuck it. Let's go to the bar. That's what I used to do. <laughs> That's what we did. We went yeah. out, grabbed some food, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make a move. Yeah, so. yeah. But thanks, guys. See you in Boston next summer, man. Boston next summer. I hope to see all you guys in Boston. Yeah, sounds good, man. I'll have to get out for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, see you guys. Bye. That was that was awesome. Yeah, it was fantastic. It's amazing. Just I, you know, hadn't talked to the guy in a long time. And like I said, I was hanging out with him all the time. Rob, wait till you watch this because the joy that I got to seeing your face and the joy in your face when you first started talking to Kirk was worth everything. Was wow. awesome. Just like it was so pure and unadulterated. Uh, oh, awesome. Weird. I didn't, I don't know how it came across, but it was like I said, it was just real time. Just wow. It was, it was amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm in a different level, you know, of, uh, you know, consciousness now. Just, I just got talking to my buddy. I haven't yeah. talked to him forever and he's, you know, a household name. And it's just, it's crazy to think back of how time is, right? 40 years go by and, just that was awesome. I'm I'm blown away. Well, John, you were a little nervous, you know. I know, not not to throw you under the bus, but you know, you and I were talking beforehand. Like we just hope things go. But uh, John and Walt, I'm so happy for you guys that you guys put this together for everything that you do in your platform. I mean, you guys, yeah, no doubt, you guys in the big great. leagues, and uh, you know, you guys really deserve all of the accolades and all of the attention and all of the growth and everything that you have come to you. Thank you, man. Thank you. But the the content is what you guys did. And it all, even though, you know, Walt's over in Jersey, it all circles back to the rock to Rochester. Yeah. And it's been when we met a few years ago, you know, I can't say enough about what Rob did back in the day. It's, it's nice. I don't want to say it's closure, but for you guys, Rob, you're probably euphoric. It's it's a closure. Andrew, we, we've shared our feelings on this. So, yeah, yeah. And it's nice for Walt to meet me and be part of this. Oh, this was so cool for me to just sit back and listen to you guys. It was unreal. I, I, I was like, yeah, it was such a great <laughs> hour and a half. The stories, you guys, it was like, I was like rooting you on. I'm like, I gotta get it to slide up next, man. We get this fucking slide up. It was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to introduce you to uh, Rob Thomas. Pleased to meet you, brother. Pleased to meet you. Pleased to meet you. <laughs> but yeah, Walt, we got to get together. Absolutely. I'm due, to, I'm due to get on the road. Vern always comes down to see me. Yeah, maybe I need to come up there for once. Yeah, Vern and I live like five minutes away from one another. So Rob, Rob's just on the other side of town. I mean, Rochester's not that big, but. You know, I, I, do owe, I do owe Kirk an apology because the Uzo thing, that was mine. <laughs> I had gotten that model when I went to um, Europe the year before. I had backpacked through Europe right before I got the job at the studio. Actually, I got hired. This is a story I didn't even tell Vern. But um, when I graduated from the Eastman School of Music, I went right straight to the studio and asked to get a job. And Kershiel's like, yeah, you know, when can you start? And I go, in a few months. He goes, why in a few months? And I said, I'm going to backpack through Europe by myself. He goes, seriously? And I said, yeah. And he goes, so when you, you're done with that, come back. So I went through Europe. I backpacked. I got stuck in the Greek islands for like three, four months. 
Came back to Rochester a couple of days later, walked in the studio, and here we are. Let's give a round of applause for <laughs> all of us. Metal Walt, you did a fantastic job putting those slides together, organizing Thanks. this run sheet. You know, Rob, uh, can't say enough. Well, it was a pleasure. I'm I'm glad to, to be involved. That's all. Team player, Andrew, you know, so. And Vern, you, if it wasn't for your idea, calling me in that day in May and saying, Walt, I got a crazy idea. Can you help me proofread this letter I wrote? Guys, this is how it happened. He just said, Walt, you're a really good writer. Just check this letter out. Recraft it for me. And I spent an hour and I was like, all right, let me just move this stuff around. I'm like, just send it. You'll probably never hear for it. And the next morning I opened my email and he's like, what the? Why he answered overnight? Like it was West Coast overnight. I was Not even working 12 and Andrew's like, right? hey, my friend, did you open your email? And it was, it was 12 hours that we, I hit send on the, on the email to, he got it, responded and shot back that, he goes, let alone you guys are going to get an interview. You're going to be involved in this uh, documentary. And Justin was totally cool. Um, you guys got to get to the show next summer in Boston. Get those snake pit tickets. And, you know, it's it's absolutely incredible, Rob and Andrew. Well, there you go. You're on the list, guys. You just go to Boston. Yeah. That's it. You're on, man. No, hold on. One last thing. I'm a man of few words, but I'm going to add a couple right here. Thank you for all that you're doing, all that you've done. And what I'm going to do right now, I'm going to get my Dymo label maker. And I'm going to rename my dual purpose air fryer, the Vernomatic. And I am <laughs> going to be doing some fish sticks in my Vernomatic tonight in honor of you, Rob, sir. How's you. that? Thank <laughs> you. Got to get the video of that. All right, guys, it's been real. Nice, guys. It was fun. That was awesome. Nice to meet you guys. Same here. All right, bye. Metal for Life. Thank you for listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Check out our website at MetalMayhemROC.com for information on podcasts, archives, links to all our live radio shows, and all sorts of info. Please like, follow, and share with everyone, even your non-metal friends. And always remember to keep it heavy. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship. The studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. 
Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.